0: Paid 260 euros for a pair of Crocs. Man, those shoes pretty much broke my foot. It's only going downhill from here. What up, guys? This is Josh, and this is Fobs, and this is the Kickback Pod. And
1: we are back, the Kickback Pod once again. Another big episode, episode sixty with me and my man fobs as usual uh definitely excited about this episode guys uh we have one of our favorite sports returning in a couple of weeks time the nba is finally back i'm sure you guys have been keeping up with the nba off season uh well maybe we should maybe you know talk about dame lillard maybe later in the pod Yeah, um, definitely. The the NBA season has definitely inspired the topic of this episode. We'll be getting into some basketball sneaker talk, guys, later on in the episode. And uh, uh, we're going to talk about a brand that we feel is being, you know, kind of being left in the dark a little bit by uh, sneakerheads right now. And that is Adidas. Uh, So we'll be getting into that later in the the episode. But before we do all of that, man, my man, Fobs, how you doing, bro? How you
0: been? Man, same answer as always, talking to you, recording for the pod, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling, yeah, surprisingly uh, awake at this time of night, Um, usually my eyes are kind of fluttering shut by now, Um, obviously you guys, listeners will be hearing this at different times of the day and the evening, but we are in Berlin right now recording on the evening of the German reunification anniversary, October 3rd. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I haven't been sleeping that well because obviously, uh, my son is still a baby and not the best sleeper, but yeah, man, I'm feeling good. I just, there's one thing that I need to get off my chest and I feel like I made a big mistake, um, recently. I just signed up for the Berlin half marathon and I have never ran more than, actually, okay, I ran 10 kilometers once and that was like an accident and that was at the height of like... 2020 COVID like everybody would like everybody and their mom was a runner you know at that time because you couldn't really do anything else so I I I am someone who I jog maybe once every two to three weeks and now I decided to sign up for the half marathon so I'm in the midst of coming up with a workout routine like a training plan uh, definitely some sort of nutrition plan because I am uh, like at least you know 30 kilos not 30 kilos overweight but i definitely i think if i need to if i want to finish these 21 or 22 kilometers or whatever it is i definitely need to shed some lbs um so yeah that's where i'm at right now i don't know like uh, have you ever run anything or like are you or you don't really run do you
1: Uh, well i i've been using this app and the app is actually called uh couch to 5k i don't know if you've heard Uh of this app for people who just don't run at all and want to <laughs> try to start running. Um, and I got up un, uh, until like week four where I was able to run without stopping for like 20 minutes, which <laughs> for me was a lot, man. <laughs> that was a lot. Like I know it's not sounding like a lot, but 20 minutes for me is a lot. Like my
0: cardio is, is not that great. But is it the cardio for you or is it more like you get bored? Because for me, it's a mixture of... I, I, th- I think that truly my cardio and like my physical ability is good enough to run I'm I could probably if I wanted to run a half marathon tomorrow I would it would hurt like hell and I'd probably be really slow but for me it's more the mental aspect, the discipline to stay focused to actually push through the pain and do it and I'm someone who if something is painful if something's uncomfortable, I don't want to say that I quit, but I'm like, you know what? I don't need this right now. And I'll, you know, I'll make excuses to run as little as possible, for example. So yeah, is, is that man? the case?
1: That's a big, uh, big commitment, man. When is the <sighs> half marathon?
0: So it's in exactly six months. It's on April 7th. It'll be five days after my 31st oh, birthday. Wow. And I'm hoping to go into it in the shape of my life, in the form of my life. Um, so you're but, be you training know, in the
1: you're going to be training in the winter like rocky i
0: i was going to say like the reality d- definitely looks a little bit different especially in berlin when you've got those frigid winters and those gray like unappealing days where you just don't want to go outside so it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a struggle for sure so any emotional s- mental support that you or anyone listening to this can give me in the next 6 months i would much appreciate it
1: no, that that's that's dope, man. I actually know quite a few people who, you know, let's say they haven't been going to the gym for a while, or they've just kind of lost their fitness routine. They'll sign up for the marathon, and it kind of kickstarts the whole process again. Like the motivation's back. They know they have this date where they got to be fit by, and I think that's something you're trying to do as well, right? So, it's yeah. It's uh, I I think it's good, man. I think it's one way to jumpstart a workout routine, you know.
0: I mean, definitely. I signed up for the. I so I officially signed up and paid the entrance fee, which was quite expensive, actually, ninety euros, right, for the, to run twenty-two kilometers. But is, is that I like signed to up, charity, or or that's just like a fee for the organization? I, it's but, a fee because the organization has to like actually, you know, puts out a lot of money to organize this. You get like uh, tracking so that you can be tracked by your friends and family, uh, in real oh, time. Right, right. So you do get, you know, you do get something for that money. I just, you know, was like a bit like, oh shit, I'm really going to invest. And it's also probably good that I invested 90 euros into it because it's going to push me to work out more. But to your point about people using it to kickstart a routine, I signed up yesterday and today I'm already feeling guilty that I didn't go running today, you know, like one day after I signed up um even though there, there was no chance for me to go running today so yeah let's see um i'm sure that we will be speaking about my f- uh, running journey in the upcoming months in the upcoming episodes but you also have some big uh, i guess news or big topics in your life right now what's going on
1: yeah like i mean the last couple of weeks uh i've just been very busy planning a wedding uh, my wedding is next year next summer and uh the last couple of weeks have just been super intense uh i don't know if anyone listening to the pod has uh tried planning a wedding before it is intense there's there's a lot of things to account for a lot of people to uh account for and uh we decided you know we're not going to try to do this ourselves we're going to try hiring someone to help with it so last couple of weeks just talking to Countless wedding planners looking at potential venues. It was it was a lot to deal with the last few weeks, but luckily we we have uh, landed on a venue, so uh, that's so nice. one of the most stressful parts of the process is over now. So hopefully the next few months will be a little bit more relaxing, but yeah, planning a wedding is is crazy business man. But um,
0: imagine so. imagine you didn't have a wedding planner because it's already so much that you have to do and the wedding planner is taking care of all the final fine details, right? But you still have to make all of these decisions. So
1: yeah, but I don't mind just you know making the decision. The, the wedding planner sent us a list, like a Google spreadsheet of all of the things that need to happen for the wedding, like things that need to be ordered of, you know, photographer, like videographer, like all these things. And it was like, it had like almost 70 line items (laughs) on that spreadsheet. And, and, and I was just like, yeah, man, like you handle this. (laughs) I'm going to pay you to handle (laughs) this. (laughs) I'm not dealing with this. So uh, it's, it's, it's kind of wild, man. So um, yeah, well that, that whole cycle has gotten kickstarted now. Um, and yeah, I guess, uh, this is going to be something I'm going to be dealing with for a lot more months, but I'm very, very, very excited
0: to, uh, marry my beautiful fiance. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful thing too, right? Like it's something that obviously can be stressful in certain moments, but when you remind yourself that it's all for this, you know, super special day that you both want to be perfect and the wedding planners helping you make that perfect in the end, it's all going to be worth it. So I'm, I'm also very much uh, looking forward to your journey, but then also the the special day. Yeah, man.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So let's uh, move on with the episode. So let's first shout out the listener of the week. That is uh, his hashtag uh, or sorry, his IG handle is at C-R-A-N. That's Cran. That's Jonathan Cran, who, uh, by the way, is the store manager of the new Kith Toronto store that just opened up big listener of the pod as well you guys might know him you guys might be following his instagram as well he's got some of the most beautiful pictures of shoes i've told him before he can make shoes that i'm not even thinking of copying he'll take pictures of them post them and now i'm like okay damn now i need them
0: (laughs) yeah i'm I'm always jealous of people i'm always jealous of people who are able to just capture anything whether it's sneakers or landscapes or architecture in such a beautiful way and i know that like a lot of post-production goes into it like some editing and stuff but you really need to have an eye for the composition and everything like that um i would say that you know my co-host for Oshuan and amadeus is also one of those people where like when i'm watching his story like all of these pictures are so visually appealing to me and i'm like damn like i i could never you know like my my instagram story looks so uh <laughs> looks so amateur but um cran i mean jonathan is definitely one of the one of the better guys out there when it comes to capturing sneakers and also from my side shout out to the opening of the toronto kith store i mean kith is literally taking over the world um i've never been to canada but it's definitely uh, made it more appealing now to visit toronto so uh yeah shout out man for me as well
1: yeah i actually the store made it to um my fiance's mom uh who happens to live in that same neighborhood where the store was uh, she sent her a picture and she was like what's going on every single day
0: there's like a mob of people outside this next door do you know what this is <laughs> so, i love when i love when people who are not into the the whole scene or have no idea are like what do what, what you like like what are these people lining up for why are people here you know it always yeah it's just always cool to see other people from outside kind of get a glimpse into what we go crazy for pretty much every day or every week yeah crazy man
1: well, uh, shout out to you, Krent. Thank you for listening to the pod. Hopefully, we'll have you on the pod soon as a guest. But now let's get into uh, what we have been wearing, Fobs. What's been on your feet lately?
0: Yeah, so in the last episode, I told you guys about the Union Air Jordan 1s that I uh, picked up. Um, I actually traded uh, for, and we talked a lot, me and you, uh, JD, about what, you know, why people like these shoes or you know why i like these shoes and i've been wearing them a lot recently and i have to say that they're actually surprisingly comfortable i'm not a huge fan of the and obviously like nothing comparable to like the usual running shoes and stuff like that that i wear but um i'm not a huge fan of air jordan ones when it comes to comfort and um these ones have pleasantly surprised me i think it's probably also because i sized up like a full size because a lot of people have said that the, uh, the toe box is a little bit different due to the, the weaved pattern across it. And I have to say that the leather is, I mean, it's not like a full grain, like amazing, you know, luxury level quality leather. But when you compare it to other Air Jordan 1s, especially general leases, um, it's quite soft and I hate to use this term because it's become a meme in, <laughs> in the scene, but it, it is quite buttery and it feels quite nice on foot. So I've been wearing those surprisingly a lot and been pairing them with, uh, you know, some flowy Issey Miyake On Plis pants. Um, so very, very happy with that pickup for sure in retrospect. Oh, I, I
1: didn't know the thing about the sizing. You got to go up a whole size in these. That's interesting.
0: Um, I don't know if you have to, but I did um, because I heard from some other people that like you had to get used to like the, just the toe box felt different. And um, so I figured I would go up a whole size and uh, so far, super comfortable, more comfortable than the shadow ones that I have. And I have those in a size smaller, they still fit, but yeah. So maybe, I, mean, I don't know if it was the sizing up that did it, but uh, definitely a surprisingly comfortable shoe. What about you? What have you been wearing? So
1: I recently picked up a shoe, uh, the Jordan 1 Low uh, Shashiko denim. This was part of the uh, Sneakers Day releases. And uh, it was a shoe that, to be honest, I, I bought it simply because I'm like, I'm just going to review it on the channel and peace out, return it, which is which is what I do with a lot of sneakers, kind of just, you know, to make content. And this was a sneaker that I'm like, wait, like this is actually a really really dope shoe. Um I love the 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 stitching kind of fraying on the shoe. It looks really raw, kind of unfinished. I also love that whole concept of Shishiko, um that Japanese embroidery. I, I'm obviously a sucker for anything Japanese and uh, I love the storytelling mm-hmm. with the shoe. The midsole is maybe a bit too yellow but I think when you're looking at the shoe from afar it doesn't look bad at all. And I love the colorway as well. I think um, I, I actually prefer this pair more than pretty much any other denim Jordan we've seen. I even like it more than let's say the Levi's fours. Even uh, it's 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 a great shoe. It's uh, so so I decided to keep mine because um, I'm just like I didn't I didn't want to let it go. Very comfy as well. Um, yeah, that's that's mainly been what I've been I've just been beating that one to death pretty much. Just been wearing it pretty much every other day. Uh, so yeah, that's what's been on my feet.
0: Those are going to look real good worn as well. And, uh, I have to say that when I saw them, they might not be a shoe that I would pay for and buy my, for myself, but I love seeing them on other people. And, you know, when we hung out the other week, you, I think you were wearing them, uh, when we were watching a uh, Bundesliga, Yes, right?
1: yes, we were when we were, uh, yeah, we were watching Premier League. Oh no, Bundesliga. Yeah. And Actually, I, speaking I, of which did you, um, uh, I signed up today to get uh, Euro 2024 tickets. Today, no, I haven't today, signed up yet. Today was officially opening day where you could apply to get tickets. It's it's for anyone listening to the pod. Uh, you don't have to rush to your computer right now and get it because the it, it's open until October 27th. So uh, Germany will be hosting Euro 2024. So uh, there's quite a few matches in Berlin, including the final. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm going to...
0: I'm going to apply to a bunch of Berlin uh, games, but then a, a bunch of friends and and I have also decided that we're going to pick like certain cities and have like a... So one of my friends is from Cologne, for example. So we would pick Cologne or Dusseldorf or something near there and use that as like a base. So we could stay at his parents' place or whatever his friend's place and then go to see like two or three games there over a week. Um, and all of us, were all going to sign up for four or five tickets each. And then the chances are higher that one of us will, you know, win the chance to buy the tickets and then we can all go. So it's basically a, an easier way to, to guarantee yourself a game because I uh, definitely want to check out the Euros when they're in my own country. So, yeah, definitely a big day, but I haven't signed up yet. I will probably do so in the next few days. Anyway. Uh, That being said, let's get to the latest pickups. I know that you have a few, so let's hear. What did you pick up in the last few weeks?
1: Well, uh, unfortunately, all the nice weather uh, in Berlin is now over, so we're now moving into six months of rain. So (laughs) in order to prepare for that, I definitely wanted to finally get some waterproof sneakers because I actually don't even own any, and I don't like wearing rain boots, any of that stuff. So I ended up... Buying myself this week the Solomon XD6 Gore-Tex. Not only because it is a waterproof sneaker, it's Gore-Tex covered, Also, because I just really love this colorway. It's the black and gray colorway, which came out last year. I missed out on them last year. And now it seemed like they've restocked everywhere, including the Salomon website. Also, quite a few other colorways of the Gore-Tex XT6s have come out. So uh, I definitely didn't want to miss out again. So I went ahead and uh, bought one in my size. And that's probably going to be my go-to sneaker for the rest of the year, at least here in Berlin. So yeah, that was probably my favorite pickup. I also got the uh, recently released SB Dunk uh, Albino and Preto. Uh, shout out to Civilist for the raffle win on that one. And I don't know if you've seen these dunks already, but they are very much inspired by the sport of jujitsu. jitsu And uh, actually, I talked about this in my review. Uh, when I looked at the promotional video that Nike SB Skateboarding put on YouTube for this shoe, all of the comments were people complaining about why is Nike collabing with Jujitsu? Like, what does Jujitsu have to do with skateboarding? And personally, I just didn't understand this argument at all because you can literally say that about any SB Dunk. Like, what does SB Dunks have to do with ice cream? Like, why do we have Ben and Jerry Dunks? What does SB <laughs> Dunks have to do with Powerpuff Girls? <laughs> what does SB Dunks have to do with, like infinite, infinite collabs in the past, you know, like, I mean, I, I don't get that argument. I don't know why people were so pissed off about the jujitsu dunks, but uh do you, you have any thoughts on that?
0: I mean, Nike SB in general has been all about just being silly and taking inspiration from everywhere. And that's kind of a reflection of skateboarding culture, right? Like skateboarders, generally are very anti-establishment they do whatever they want they you know um cultural n- n- not appropriate but like yeah they appropriate different cultures and make it their own that's where like all the logo flips and the luxury logo flips came from back in the day so i think it is weird like you said that people would be like oh what does jiu have to do with sb dunks or sb or whatever mm-hmm. um i think really it's whatever SB Nike SB wants to do with it, and if it's a good execution and has a cool backstory, then you know why. Why can't that be a part of the lineup? In my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree. the The dunks were very well executed. I love the storytelling of the different colored jujitsu belts that uh, went underneath the canvas upper. So the more the more you skate those shoes, the more the canvas it rips away, and you see those colors underneath so kind of like you yourself are earning your stripes uh, similar to how you would in jujitsu i thought that was pretty cool storytelling um and uh yeah so that was my second pair and the last pair that i picked up was the Jay balvin jordan 3 these i actually paid resale for because they were impossible to get and uh yeah big time um fan of Jay balvin himself the shoes are pretty great as well uh i wouldn't say like they're my favorite sneakers ever because uh, from some angles they kind of look like a grade school shoe the the, the way the colors are done uh, but i do think it's his best sneaker that he's dropped out of uh, the ones and the twos easily and uh, i a lot of people calling it their sneaker of the year uh, i still think the sb jordan 4 would beat that one by you know by quite a bit um, but it's a great, it's a great shoe. I, I think it looks pretty good. Um, the, the, I love the coconut color or the sail color on the upper instead of white there. And I just thought the execution of being the colors being inspired by the Medellin, uh, sunset, very nicely executed on the back of the shoe. Uh, I know actually that, um, you managed to cop a pair, but not for yourself, right?
0: Yeah, good segue. I actually really, really wanted a pair for myself. uh, And also for Lenny. Um, I ended up getting a pair from Nike sneakers for Lenny in uh, his size, kind of like he needs to grow into them, but he can probably wear them in a month or two, which will be really dope um like wear them properly and be able to walk in them properly um but i i missed out i i signed up for a lot of raffles i tried to get them through nike sneakers in my size and like you said it was actually really really difficult and i have to echo everything you said i think these are his best shoes so far they're super nice um i love the inspiration of the sunset i love that they didn't go overboard with the colors of the sunset it was just kind of the details and the accents where they put these colors um otherwise it might have been a bit too much and too extra and i think his uh what was it the his twos were a little bit too extra with like the light up you know like they had like some weird light up or was it the ones i don't remember but anyway um, yeah the the twos had
1: the clouds at the back and the glow in the dark uh,
0: uh,
1: outsole as well
0: yeah i mean yeah whatever you know like it's a bit gimmicky it's a bit much and i thought the threes were very very tastefully done so actually very happy with that pickup even if it wasn't in my own size, um, you know, might have to like shrink my feet or something so I can wear them. <laughs> uh, um, and then I also had a couple of other pickups uh, over the past few weeks. I had I got the Bape Bapesta in that like nice, like natural tan leather colorway. Um, I actually only got these because I got them on discount through a uh, friend that works there. So a uh, shout out at this point to the plug, you know who you are um because you know 300 euros would have been a little bit too much for me to spend on those but i, I got a good deal um and i'm quite they happy pretty with fire them. man the high and logo at the back there looks sick yeah exactly so and obviously you know gotta shout out my my ex-employer uh, and you know when they do cool stuff i gotta support where i can um so i got those and then i also got the a cold wall nike tns in um the triple black colorway which i Anyone who has listened to this podcast or has listened to Oshuan or just in general has talked to me about sneakers knows I actually do not like triple black shoes. Yeah, I was I, just gonna
1: say I'm very surprised <laughs> that you went for the triple
0: black instead of the white. <laughs> well, actually, I wanted I wanted all three colorways, right? But blue one, the blue one was sold out so quickly, um, and then I I actually bought the white one and the black one, but I sent the white one back because I was not happy with the quality the um, air bubble was like yellowing a little bit already and uh, there were like glue stains everywhere so uh, I prefer the white colorway but ended up keeping the black one because the quality on that one was super nice and the quality on the white one wasn't so great. Um, I have to say the leather on these is amazing so comfortable I don't I don't find TNs particularly comfortable depending on what material they're made out of but these ones with the full grain leather upper Oof man, I mean these these fit like a glove. Super super nice. So um yeah, really happy with those and we'll probably be wearing these a lot in the winter because I feel like triple black is always a good colorway to wear when, you know, the weather is not so great. Um so yeah, that wraps up my uh latest pickups. I think we had a very nice varied um selection here from both of us. Uh, a little bit of SB, a little bit of nike a little bit of babe and then obviously your solomon that you picked up as well um let's move on to the big topic of the day as uh, josh teased earlier in the episode we are talking about adidas basketball today and let me preface this by saying that we have probably been you know shitting on adidas a little bit recently saying that you know they lucked into the gazelle and samba hype, and that you know a lot of the things they're bringing out isn't really resonating with uh, with sneakerheads or with customers in general. You've seen all of the uh, media coverage of how you know they have really struggled financially due to uh, getting rid of yeezy as well how much of that is true you know remains to be seen i feel like a lot of companies are struggling at the moment with inflation so that could also be playing a role but in general on this podcast we have not really had many great to say about adidas we've said that you know they have good shoes but they're not pushing them properly that they actually have really really good 2000s runners in the uh, cl response or the supernova 7 but where are we seeing these shoes we're not really seeing them anywhere they're on sale the colorways aren't being pushed there's no collaboration so long story short adidas has not really been doing well in our eyes over the last 12 to 18 months And whilst a lot of that is still true, we do need to give the brand with the three stripes major props where props are due. And that is when we talk about basketball because their basketball footwear and apparel is looking really good. I mean, really, really fresh. And how much of an influence Jerry Lorenzo has had is unclear. I know that Jerry in fear of God released a statement last year saying, or early this year saying that he had no involvement with the Adidas basketball uh, collections and campaigns that have come out recently. And that was actually the initial point of his hiring that he was supposed to be creative director of Adidas basketball. But I, what from what I understand, the partnership has evolved to become more of a, Um, adidas supporting jerry with his fear of god athletics venture similarly to how um, kanye founded yeezy right and that was using their logistics their production capacities and know how to create his designs and he was like the creative director there so i don't think that jerry lorenzo has had too much to do with what's coming out for adidas basketball but i would say that the influence or the inspiration from fear of god is clear um and i don't know what you would say to this but you know adidas basketball has had trouble keeping up with nike over the last i would say 10 years when it comes to basketball and then even in the last few years new brands or brands that are re-entering the market such as new balance or puma um and even converse have been giving adidas a bit of a hard time with you know some cool sneaker drops or some big moments with Kawhi leonard for new balance for example and whilst adidas has been the number two they've been like quite far off the number one spot and i have a feeling that's changing a little bit but like what are your thoughts on that whole uh statement
1: yeah no, i definitely i agree that over the last 10 years they have been pretty far behind in terms of some of the most innovative basketball sneakers uh, in the last 10 years from trying to, you know, just think of some of the ones that come to my head uh, were the hardens, the hardens were good because they were, they had some boost in them and, and people at the time boost had so much hype. So there was a lot of hype with those, uh, with those, with those hardens. Uh, But yeah, it's been, it's been obviously Nike dominating as usual and new balance have really come on strong by signing some big athletes over the last couple of years I feel like it It, it kind of sucks with Adidas, too, because the one athlete that they put a lot of faith into to really revive Adidas basketball basically blew out his knee, right? Like, with Derrick Rose. Like, you remember? Oh, like, yeah. Derek, Like, they had put so much faith. They had signed him to, like, a... I think he's still getting paid off that contract, actually. Like, they signed him to some ridiculous contract. Uh, I mean, back he's, when they're still releasing...
0: MVP they're still releasing signature sneakers for him. And at this point, I also have to say, like his sneakers are some of the best and have always been some of the best in the game. Um, yeah. And a lot of my friends, I mean, I played basketball growing up uh, in, in Thailand. I was never crazy good, but you know, I, I enjoyed playing it. And a lot of my friends who still play to this day say that Adidas basketball shoes are actually better quality than Nike shoes. They hold up better. They have better traction. Um, they have better cushioning but they're just not as sexy and so they don't sell as well or you know you don't see them as much and they don't have that like star power that obviously Nike has with Kevin Durant, LeBron James, obviously not anymore but formerly uh, Kyrie Irving and then you know obviously the whole Kobe Bryant line that has been and obviously Michael Jordan if we're going to bring Jordan Brand into things so um, Adidas has always had the product they've just not been able to really capitalize on it and maybe make it look visually appealing like it's been good to play with but not really cool to wear in a way and i feel like that's changing a little bit right now as well
1: it definitely seems uh like it's changing so uh, we can you know even look at some of the apparel uh for adidas basketball i know you're saying or i know jerry said that he's not uh involved in that in any ways and I find that very hard to believe because some of this newer, uh, <laughs> this newer Adidas basketball stuff, to me, it just looks like something straight out of a Fog Essentials uh, lookbook. One hundred percent. The super baggy, the slouchy shoulders, the very. Uh, relaxed fits of these um the one standout piece for me is also those uh those vests that have like the trefoil logo on them i've seen actually a lot of people just trying to style that in different outfits it's just a very uh aesthetically pleasing type of vest uh that looks good on top of like a sweater which which is crazy like people are trying to style adidas basketball apparel now which is just saying a lot about where how far it's come i guess stylistically um but i definitely see some fog influence here but what what do you think you think jerry's lying that he wasn't involved
0: i don't know like maybe he really wasn't involved but like he him being because he's posted a lot of pictures on campus right and like on the adidas campus and he's he's obviously been there he's been working there he's been talking to a lot of the designers maybe in the early days they were feeding a lot of feeding off of a lot of what he was saying a lot of what he was bringing to the table a lot of ideas he had and i mean why not take fear of god as inspiration right i mean it's a great brand it's not accessible when it comes to price but what Adidas is doing is really smart. They're creating pieces that remind you of fear of God mainline or fear of God athletics, because I feel like fear of God athletics is going to have similar pricing to mainline fear of God, right? That's why it's called fear of God athletics. But what Adidas is doing is making this stuff ascent- uh, accessible, similar to the essentials line, right? And giving it maybe a sporty twist. I mean, I'm scrolling through the catalog right now, and we were looking at this earlier before we recorded it as well. And a lot of the styling a lot of the neutral color c- tones that are being used if you took away the adidas logo and you put these on the fear of god uh instagram i don't think many people would realize that it's not actually officially fear of god um which is cool because i'm seeing prices here like 80 euros for a sweater or um you know 100 euros for a hoodie and you know it's not nothing but it's Pretty much nothing compared to the thousand euro prices that Fear of God charges. So I can see some definite inspiration from Fear of God and Jerry Lorenzo. Whether he really instructed Adidas to do this is, I mean, is unclear. Nobody knows from the outside. If he says he didn't, you know, we have to take his word and believe him. But uh, there's some definite Fear of God aesthetics going on with the apparel. And yeah, I mean, well,
1: one thing's for certain the adidas basketball apparel is it's way better than the nike basketball apparel right now there's yeah. a lot of yeah th- like this is something that i I could just want to wear this casually uh, a lot of this stuff looks great and uh yeah so uh, just from the apparel point of view i feel like they've come a long way but now let's get into the sneakers though because oh man yeah that's where really in the last uh, couple of years uh, adidas has really taken off i feel like um, that's where we're seeing a lot of the innovation in basketball sneakers, uh, which you don't really see anymore, especially when it comes to design, uh, starting off with the crazy infinity, which, uh, you guys know, it's pretty much just a updated, more modernized version of Kobe signature sneaker, uh, where they call the Kobe ones, or was there a different name for it?
0: Back in the day, they were called the Kobe Ones. But then, uh, obviously, when Kobe moved to Nike, Adidas were not allowed to use the Kobe name anymore. um, because they were called the uh, Crazy Ones. Yeah, exactly. So they changed them to the Crazy Ones. And now, the Crazy Infinity, as you said, is kind of a re-up of that original signature line. And what I was saying, uh, I, I don't know if it was here, but it was definitely on the Oshun podcast a couple episodes ago. I was saying that this is literally how the shoe should have looked back when they designed it, you know, because it's still got that like two thousands aesthetic. It's very bulky. It, It looks like it's got like this like foam outer layer, almost like the foam posit, but like in an Adidas style, but it looks, you know, like with a zip zipper to hide the laces and everything, it looks really sporty, but also like quite aesthetically visually appealing on the lifestyle side of things. And, the Kobe one or the crazy one, as it's now called, was, I mean, it looked like a block of cheese. It was inspired the I think it was inspired by the Audi TT, like a sports car, but like the way that they really applied that to the shoe was just not cool. And I think it was also a big reason why Adidas lost Nike, uh, Adidas lost Kobe in the end, because they just couldn't create a shoe that was cool and functional. Um. So looking back now at that shoe, it's a bit of a like a classic in the same way that like ugly cars become classics later on because they're appreciated through a different lens because they're retro. But at the time, this was an ugly shoe. But the Crazy Infinity is so nice. And if if that had been Kobe's first shoe, and if they built on that, then maybe Kobe would have still been with Adidas when he retired.
1: Yeah, t- totally, man. Like the crazy, uh, the crazy one and two were so bad that. Kobe literally lost millions of dollars of his own money to get out of his deal. He actually paid Adidas to get out of that deal. So that's that, that's how bad those sneakers were, uh, but, uh, according to Kobe. Looking back at it, a lot of people would argue that they were classics. But another thing I wanted to quickly add about the Crazy Infinity is um, I've noticed at least um, because I dropped a video on that shoe, the sneaker seems to be appealing to a younger audience as well for a totally different reason a lot of people are calling it an opium shoe and um uh, for those of you who don't who don't know what that means um, there's a very popular rapper named uh, playboy cardi who has developed this whole fashion i guess style which people would like to refer to as opium where you kind of dress like, I guess, like a vampire, <laughs> if, I were to, if I were to describe it in one word. And um, people who dress in this kind of aesthetic um, gravitate towards shoes like the crazy infinity. And uh, I've had people comment on my video saying, wow, this is the most opium-looking sneaker I've ever seen. Um, so it's kind of like crazy that this sneaker inadvertently has appealed to a whole different demographic of a younger audience for a totally different reason, uh, which I thought was pretty funny as well.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good point as well, that like it's like, like we were both saying, it speaks to an audience outside of performance basketball. um, And that's a good thing, especially in this day and age where you kind of, the the lines are blurred between performance and, uh, and lifestyle. Um, a couple of other sneakers that have also been, you know, catching my eye at least when I'm browsing the Adidas basketball catalog is the Harden Volume Seven, which I'm kind of getting Air Jordan 12 vibes from a little bit, but like in an Adidas way. Uh, what I really like about that shoe is it's got the rounded heel, which reminds me of the Derrick Rose um, signature sneakers, and then the Trey Young Three I think is also a super cool shoe. It's got this like. Um, the the midsole and kind of the the upper is modeled after those really popular New Age Adiletten, the the slides the twenty twenty three slides that came out where um, it's got that like almost geographic mapped out aesthetic if that makes sense I mean if you take a look at it if you if you Google the Trey Young three you'll know what I mean and I think those are really good releases the the hardens the trey youngs that um have been kind of keeping this momentum alive and giving fans of basketball like very very good performance shoes um with a more refined aesthetic i feel like if you look at all the shoes together you can kind of you get a sense that adidas basketball is moving in one direction and not in many different directions which was maybe what was happening over the last five to 10 years where you know each signature athlete had very, very different shoes. And maybe that was a strategy that at the time made sense because they wanted to get very different kinds of players to buy these shoes. But I think it works a lot better when you know Adidas basketball has a unified visual identity, which is what's happening now. And actually one shoe that I wanted to talk about a little bit more, at least mention is the AE1, which is the new adidas basketball performance shoe that was just launched to great fanfare in the states i believe there was an event in la where there was a Pasha that had um, the same kind of pattern decaled on it and the ae is to me it looks a little bit similar to the easy basketball shoe um it's got a very distinct design language it goes in the same direction as the crazy infinity as the harden as the trey young it's it's quite modern um it's some it's a sneaker that honestly i could see myself wearing uh f- lifestyle you know in in a lifestyle way and that's crazy to me because the last time people wore basketball performance sneakers in a lifestyle way was what like 10 12 15 years ago like the early mid 2000s that's when like the lebrons and the kobes were really hot and so uh I mean, have you seen the shoe? It's it's super the, nice. The, the
1: AE1, I was just going to say, I think that's arguably the dopest basketball sneaker I've seen in like the last five five years at least. They, they are so fire. I mean, they look like, a lot of people saying it looks like there's some Yeezy influence there, but I don't think so because um, the outer part of the shoe to me looks like it was 3D printed or something like that. Um, and I haven't really seen another Yeezy with that type of look. The outsole reminds me of the Yeezy 700s a little bit. But I think that, wow, that is innovative. I have never seen a basketball shoe look like that. That's totally something that you could wear off the court and it would look just as fire. I, I'm actually kind of shocked that they would put out a sneaker that looks this different, like this innovative as part of their basketball line because... I feel like this sneaker would have done really well even as just a general lifestyle shoe. But shout out to, by the way, AE is Anthony Edwards from the Minnesota Timberwolves. So shout out to him. If he had any hand in the designing of this sneaker, I think he's probably got the best signature sneaker, at least looks
0: wise, in the NBA right now man i mean it looks so futuristic it looks fast it looks powerful it looks like you could like it looks like i could put these on and dunk you know or like if you saw me wearing these on the street you'd be like yeah this guy can dunk even though i most definitely cannot so um super cool shoe and then obviously like i mean to round out the whole sneaker segment here um the fear of god athletic sneakers that are coming out later this year there's three performance basketball shoes and then also a f- several Uh, fear of God takes of classic um, Adidas sneakers that um, will be dropping. But the performance basketball shoes are very, very cool. They also, like the Crazy Infinity, like the AE, blend the lines between lifestyle and performance. And especially the way that Fear of God and Jerry Lorenzo have styled these on the models, they don't look necessarily like you could hoop in them or should hoop in them because of the way that the models are wearing like draped clothing and and by the way side note like i i think i'm gonna go broke buying fear of god athletic stuff because that stuff looks (laughs) so nice it looks so cozy i just want to wear fear of god athletics all day every single day Um, and i know my stuff coming out q4 2023 so soon soon yes it's going to be an expensive Christmas, that's for sure. Um, but back, back to the sneakers, I think if you look at all three of them, they all have a very, uh, you know, when we've said this many times now, but a very distinct design language. They all flow together, they look really good. And um, I'm getting, you know, early Yeezy 700 vibes from some of them. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, what do you think about these shoes?
1: I love them. I, I think. I love the the three stripes, man. Like they, they look. I'm talking about the three stripes on the shoe itself, the Fear of God ones. Uh, They're so chunky. I don't think I've seen the three stripes look that chunky before. And uh, it does kind of remind me of the 700s in a way, but I think they have a very clear Fear of God aesthetic on the shoe. Uh, I know he's been working on this now for three years, but. I think if this is the product we're going to get, and I, I don't know if you've also seen those Fear of God. I think they're the Campus Lowe's. Um, yeah. Yeah, have you seen those? Um, and also all of this potential uh, Fear of God, Adidas, uh, Athletics Clothing. I feel like it's been worth the wait because these products that might come out and seems like they will come out. Yeah, I agree, man. I'm not even a big Fear of God guy, but these are, these are dope. All of them. I, I yeah. think he's ha- he's doing a great job there influencing some of the other designs as well. He must have clearly had an influence on this uh, AE1, uh, which I think I might have even liked the AE1 better than these Fear of God Adidas basketball shoes, to be honest. But, um, man, these are these are definitely fire. Looking forward to Q4. Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, so that kind of rounds up what Adidas has been doing really well, which is the apparel and also the signature sneakers and, and a mix of lifestyle you know vibes in there but what has also kind of helped adidas's case at least on the basketball side is in my opinion that nike has been a bit out of order you know obviously as we said earlier nike has had a huge head start over the last 10 years um, over adidas and over any other brand and it would take a lot for adidas to catch up um, but I think that's happening because I think Adidas is doing so well, as we just outlined, and Nike is not doing so well. I think Nike has been quite boring, actually, over the last few years. I think outside of the Kobe and the LeBron lines, most signature sneakers look, look so same. similar. They they look the same. And I've been saying this over and over. They, they look like the old Kyries, like this mid-top sneaker with a swoosh. And... And even within that, they all look the same, but there doesn't really seem to be a coherent look and feel to um Nike basketball strategy. You've got, you know, the Devin Booker, which looks almost like a pair of Timberlands that were turned into a basketball shoe. Like they're so boring. And Devin Booker is not a boring player. He is such a skilled player. He's such a good shooter. He's such a good scorer. And then you're gonna give him these shoes. It's almost like and I know I'm ranting a little bit here, but it's almost like it's a rite of passage for Nike signature athletes in the basketball department to get a crappy first shoe, or like you know, like a very vanilla shoe. Um, the Jaw One also looks very similar, in my opinion, and is also quite boring. And then what I th- thought was even worse was that the Giannis shoes—they were always a little bit different, right? Because they at
1: least they looked. uh, Like you were mentioning that only the Kobe's and LeBron's kind of look different. Everything else looked the same. I remember when I saw the freak ones, I was like, okay, that, that shoe looks like they did something a little different. You know, they put the swoosh on the heel, which we had not really seen before. And I thought, okay, cool. At least they're doing something different design wise.
0: But then if you look at the new one, the Giannis four, it looks exactly like the Devin Booker or the Ja one. And the LeBrons, the new ones, are actually super dope. I like them. But even those are looking like a mid-top shoe. Like, if you squint, they look very similar to the Kyries. They look very similar to the Devin Bookers. They're not as... Like, the like the golden age of LeBrons was like the... Uh, I don't know, what was it? Like, the 14, 15 to 18. The eights where they also. The 8s. The the, they were just... They were different. And now, it's all just homogenized. And... You know, I mean, it seems to be a clear strategy that Nike has, but in my personal opinion, it's not paying off. They're not good shoes. And I, again, in my opinion, they're not good shoes. Um, And I don't see this really working long-term, especially when other brands like Adidas are really bringing out fire and catching up. So I would, if I was Nike basketball, I would be a little bit worried, especially because if you look at Jordan brand, I mean who do you know has ever bought one of the new Jordan performance uh, shoes and nah, nobody man <laughs> the 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 Tatum's or the um the Doncic shoes they're they're not that great either and then the uh, the Zion Williamson ones too like they're they're all just a bit forgettable and and I think That's where where Nike is lacking, that these shoes, a lot of them, they're probably great performance shoes, the Jordans especially, but they look too performance. Whilst when you look at the Adidas shoes that are coming out now, you could wear a lot of these uh, as lifestyle shoes too, even though they are geared to high-performance athletes. And uh, I think that's where the disconnect is uh, for Nike basketball for sure.
1: I think with Nike basketball too, fans have definitely voiced their opinions about the way they've been handling certain athletes which uh, has led to some kind of divide definitely with the uh, fans of the brand uh, with the way they have handled the whole uh, Kyrie situation if you look underneath uh, if you look at the comment section of pretty much anything Nike basketball posts like half the comments are bring Kyrie back bring Kyrie back you know like people are People are were visibly upset with uh, Nike letting him go. And also with the way Nike has kind of handled this whole Ja Moran situation. I don't know if you saw that recent sneaker, which had a little quote at the back of it, which said, uh, we ain't ducking no smoke um, mm. uh, for the latest Ja sneaker, which Nike corrected and put a patch over it in the updated uh, official photos. But the fact that <laughs> they were going to release that sneaker originally just tells me like, okay, either Nike has not, is kind of like very tone deaf on, on what's been happening with this athlete because how they would have possibly approved that design is just beyond me. But um, yeah, I feel like Nike is just not handling some of their athletes very well right now and fans have been noticing and... Um yeah and of of course like as you said all all of your points the the design language has been very boring uh the Devin Booker sneaker man that does look like to me like a payless basketball shoe you know like something yeah. you would literally find at payless shoe stores um yeah. it's it's very very vanilla and uh, yeah man like i feel like if you you look over at adidas man like there's so much innovation going on in their basketball and i feel like it's not getting enough attention
0: yeah, and that's why we made this pod. That's why we made this episode because we hope to, you know, even superficially shine a light on what Adidas basketball is doing. We'd obviously love to hear from you guys. What are your thoughts on Nike versus Adidas basketball? Um, what sneakers are you feeling? Which ones do you think are kind of overrated at the moment? And also, what do you guys think about the uh, visual design languages of, of Adidas and Nike? And what's it going to look like in the uh, coming months or even years? With that being said, that uh, rounds out this big topic of the episode, and we can jump into the upcoming drops. Josh, do you want to take us through those?
1: Yeah, let's go. Let's go. So October, October is looking like a pretty, pretty nice month. So in the next couple of weeks, uh, first of all, October the 5th, we have the Concepts and New Balance 998 note. Which I believe is a re-release of this um, of this pair. Like I believe it released back in the early 2000s, and now it's getting a modern update. Uh, so that should be dropping on the October on, It is dropping on October 5th on Concepts website, and then on October 6th we have uh, the Ambush Nike Air More Uptempo Lows. It's dropping in two colorways. You're getting your classic uh, black and white colorway. I don't think we've seen a low top of the more up tempos before,
0: have we? Is this, No, is this it's. The first? I think it, yeah, or maybe not in a long time, at least.
1: Okay, so this will be dropping in two colorways. The second colorway is much louder. It's like a purple, pink, and green colorway. So that's uh that's looking definitely pretty crazy. Uh Then also on October the sixth, we already talked about the shoe earlier. The crazy infinity. Will be releasing in a triple black colorway and definitely those opium boys that I talked about later in the episode. This shoe, this shoe might sell out simply because I feel like all of the Playboy Cardi fans are going to cop every single pair of this shoe. Um, then we have the on October the sixth we have a collab with Japanese brand Needles who will be doing the A6EX89, which. If you guys haven't seen the shoe already, it is a, I would say, like a competitor of the New Balance 550. Very similar aesthetic on those sneakers. Um, this will be dropping on October the 6th. Uh, also, October the 6th, we have the Ima Bari and A6 Gel NYC. And this one is this one is pretty special because um, the Gel NYCs. I've said it before, you can make an argument that it is the best new sneaker to drop this year. And uh, this pair right here is very different looking. Is that patent leather I see on there? That's 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 pretty nice. Um, and it's it's got this blue color, um, looking like it's kind of Japanese inspired for sure. Uh, but yeah, this this one, the Gentle NYC collab with Imabari, dropping on the uh, on October sixth. Then on October thirteenth, probably the most hyped sneaker to drop this month, we have the Jordan One Low. Travis Scott golf dropping and uh I don't know how much sense that makes considering <laughs> considering we are in the middle of October man it is definitely not golf season at least not in the northern hemisphere um where I believe 85% of the world's population lives so yeah it doesn't it doesn't make much sense to um release it right now and then we got uh finally on October the 18th we have the Stone Island New Balance nine nine one v two which i believe you are very excited about getting these because like i've said before i don't know a bigger stone island fan than yourself and you love new balance as well so this shoe let me guess you have circled this date
0: oh for sure man these are real bad man shoes real bad man i love the the mesh the black the just the overall shape the stone island branding so i'm very much looking forward to these and uh We'll let you guys know in uh, one of the upcoming episodes whether I was able to cop a pair or not.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm hoping to get a pair as well. Did you see the retail price though, man? The retail price on these is pretty up there, like I believe 270 euros
0: retail. That's new new balance right there with, uh, you know, high quality materials, high quality production, but unfortunately very, very high quality prices too.
1: Yeah, what do you even think about uh, the fact that we're getting a 991 V2? Seems like it's it's kind of crazy that we're getting a V2
0: of this shoe, what, like 30 years after it got made? <laughs> mm, I, don't, I think the 991, I, I don't have it in my head. I don't know if it's 30 years old, but it is interesting that they've decided to do a V2. Maybe they're going to bring out more second-generation versions of all of their classics. I would definitely enjoy that because you know we know how popular the 990 has been across all versions so um, it would make sense for new balance to try that with at least some other sneakers and i guess the 991 is the first one to get that treatment
1: yeah they're also supposed to be a um oh so by the way the 991 released in 2001 so it's actually been 20 years since the original Um, but yeah, uh, there's also supposed to be a gray colorway dropping of the 991 V2 later this month. I don't have the date exactly, but yeah, that pretty much rounds out all of the upcoming drops. Um, let definitely, I would say I'm looking forward to the stone islands the most. And thank you guys once again for listening to another episode of the kickback pod had a great time as always talking sneakers with you fobs, uh, until next time, guys,
0: peace. Peace, guys. Thanks for listening.